I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Social media came out the year later after that. Like, what the hell? So I <laughs> everything I learned is totally useless. I'm sorry, you're going to already derail the show now. Well, I think that started off with the lip in the can, but here we are. All right, no. First, internet porn. I never saw it. Oh. I heard about it. I mean, I heard oh. it, yeah, it was like after high school, kind yeah, yeah. of. Yeah, a little, little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Sleeper so nerds knew about it. I don't know that we had the internet in high school, because we graduated in 94. Correct. 
there was probably some form of internet oh, yes, there, but just not in my. But it wasn't high school. Yeah, it wasn't a big thing, and yeah. not everyone had. Maybe one computer in high school had it, and guess yeah. who wasn't on that computer? We had networks. Mm-hmm. There was some networking. Powers computers. did not have that. The, we did not. We had typing computers like IBM's that were not hooked together, and they had five-inch floppy disks. We, we did have networking. We could we could fuck with the next classroom over. Oh wow! Yeah, Mr. Bemis got so mad because he was the teacher over there. I can't remember whose teacher we had over at ours, I, but he could log into their shit, and as these kids are like typing, DJ, DJ, FJ, FJ, DJ, you know, doing their oh space yeah, typing bar, exercise. Space bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could erase your shit like that. <laughs> like, oh shit, I did it! But the first the first time I ever got like on the internet, and this just speaks to our culture. Maybe I was young. I don't know, whatever. Well, your age. Just so I was in a young uh, man full of hormones. Yeah, remember that week I went to college? Yeah. <laughs> it was that, that week. That was the one. The one week I went to college at not community colleges. I was in the library. Wait, tell me. On on the internet. I'm on the internet. Oh, yeah. That's the first time I got on the internet. And not so I got college. a search bar. Oh, God. And I looked up, and, and all of a sudden I found like a naked. It wasn't a naked picture. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. It was just like a naked picture of a woman or something. That one where the resolution comes like one it, line yes, at a time. Yes, it was like. Oh, I see her forehead. Oh, <laughs> now we got some eyebrows. She's got a mouth. I like mouths. Mouths are uh, good. There's a neck. Oh, Enough oh, of the neck. Oh. Enough of the neck. Oh, upper chest. Upper oh, chest. Oh, oh. We got nipples. Now, now, you're, now you're looking around. You're, <laughs> you're like, right. where's, where's life? That was I hope so nobody sees me looking at a nipple. Right. I thought for a second, if I wait. Oh, there it is. Nailed it. Internet, internet security was uh, people watching your screen at that point in time. There was no <laughs> network monitoring or anything. <laughs> internet security was the local librarian. What are you reading? Uh, yeah, apparently I'm reading. So this, uh, what? I want to say that's probably close to it. It was a, it was a swimsuit girl. The first like porn I looked up on the internet was definitely a swimsuit girl whose swimsuit had become misplaced. But looking at looking at porn on the internet then. Is comparable to like looking for nudity or porno movies on like Netflix and Hulu and, and, and Amazon Prime today. Oh yeah, like you'll eventually find some nudity, but at the end of it, you're like, well, screw it, I'll just go get a Playboy then, or then. I'll just go to the internet. Well, that now. was the first porn that I I've heard. Seen. I've heard. I've heard this from people. It I was, don't. Uh, the the infamous. We found a bag. We found a garbage bag full of Playboys. Me and my friend Mark were Everyone out in the woods. Right, <laughs> it's just a garbage bag full of Playboys. You're like, oh my, they're not wearing clothes. I mean, and and found porn was great. I really enjoyed it, especially when I found found porn. Not at all. Found porn was so good because it was like hunting. <laughs> Nailed it. Got porn. <laughs> I grew up in a house that had libraries of play. My dad had every one. Well, he was a collector. About, a, a, a collector. Still a collector. He still is a collector. Well, you got to keep mad. the collection complete. He was just talking about how mad he was at like different libraries stopped taking yeah, they stopped. They tried to turn into like a uh, oh, like that? a gentleman's like a maxim. maxim. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, all right. We're crime and music. We don't normally talk this much about porn. We might have a spinoff called Crime and Porn. I mean, that might, might be a show we do. Yeah, we, trademark we, copyright crimeandmusic.com. Yeah, we got that. That's that's locked down. It's done with locked down. So, <laughs> generally, we talk about crime and music, and uh, we're gonna talk about we it. We want people in Idaho. That's our recap here. Six minutes in, and we're off the rails. Off the rails. There's a new segment that I like really much. To uh, I don't really say, much. I don't no, say really much is that, that's that's really good. Is that proper grammatical English? I, I heard people who are grammar Nazis are apparently dicks. Is the reason I was looking at Frank for the first time. Okay. 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 Ok
Go back. You got to get the music back up. I'm. Yeah. It's close. I'm just whispering no, for effect. Do you see where the silver yellow part is? You're down there. You're what? way down there. Look at that. That's stupid. Rise up. No, the thing is, go look at it. Look. I'm. Well, you like that. There you go. Yeah. That's why I want your voice in the grid part. That's what I want. Yeah. There you go. That's just so cool. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Or better. That's better. Yeah. Like set up. Get your get your rib cage all nice and extended. This week, with uh, the second week of coming to the stage, guess the guest. Guess the guest. This is my big party. Here we go. Simpson when uh, he goes to the dentist and she goes, hey, here's your toothbrush and your uh, dental floss. And he's like, so wait, you want me to do your job for <laughs> you? Yeah. And he just throws it in the garbage and walks out. I don't think so. He's like, I'll see you in six months. Flossie. 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 There you go. All right. Uh, uh, Oildale, California. We'll talk about that. It's 3.5 miles north-northwest of downtown Bakersfield. All right. Where's I don't know where. I still don't know where this is at. doesn't matter. It's in California, and the total area is... <laughs> 6.5 square miles. Doesn't matter. Well, think about it. It's 6.5 square miles of land. That's that's Oildale. That's not a big area. No. People, I, I swear we know people who own more property than that. Well, there's there's cities around here that are that small. That's true. I mean, like, Birmingham's small. Uh, it's got an elevation of 469 feet. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
Here's the key. It's the only reason that that's <laughs> information this wet. Uh, here's the weird part, though. Uh, with only 6.5 square miles, there's a population of 32,000 people as of 2010. So it's highly pop densely yes. populated. There was only 28,000 people as of 2000. So in 10 years, it gained uh, over 4,000 people. Oh, what are we doing out there? Previously called Waits and North Falls, Willowdale was founded in 1909 when Sam Dixon sold the water to Dale. Oh, so he stuff like took stuff after that. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. So Oil. I nobody did cares about that. Well, I did a little math, and you got a total area of 6.5 square miles, and that population of 32,000 people, and that means a population density of 5,003 people per square mile. Well, that's that's. It must have like tall building. <laughs> it goes up. It jumps per square up. mile. Yeah. Five thousand people per square mile. Isn't that like a person's foot, roughly? I mean, that's foot, foot and a half. No, square. That's oh, that's true. I guess. Yeah, like uh, per square. century. I was like, a mile's like five thousand two hundred eighty <laughs> feet. So uh, there's a person every foot and a half a mile. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. Uh, Not country though. Well, it is. Demographics are eighty four percent white, point eight percent African American. I think country living, like you know, living on a farm. One point eight percent Native American, and my favorite, point one percent Pacific Islander. There were thirty of them, and they were black. So they got point one percent. Yeah, thirty Pacific Pacific Islanders. Yep. They're just being misspelled. We're in Oil Dale. Oil Dale, and uh, as you know, Merle Haggerty from Oil Dale, and um, notable people from Oil Dale, Merle Haggard, <laughs> and Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. The race car driver, guy. NASCAR driver, number four, Ford Fusion for Stuart Haas Racing. Just I was, I was, I, I heard, I knew the name. It took my brain a minute to like. R- yeah, how you associate NASCAR Pacific guy. Islanders and Merle Haggard and Oil Dale. Uh, Bossy May and James moved to California from Chukotka, Oklahoma, during the Great Depression. So oh, okay, so they were from Oklahoma. That at least they were. His parents were for sure. In 1934, uh, they burned their barn down and stole it. Oh, they didn't do it on purpose. Their barn, <laughs> 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 their barn burned down, so they moved to California. Well, I've heard like army, the army will do that. You know, like burn shit. <laughs> These guys are gonna come get us. We don't have enough time to move all this shit. Blow it up, so uh, we can retreat. Right. They didn't like. Fuck it. We're going to California. Let's have one more good party. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't want those Texans or those anybody getting their barn. So no, I'm sorry. Fuck you, Merle. There was a thing I, I'm recalling it now. I wrote yeah, I wrote barn, this nobody burned their barn down. I wrote this episode, so uh, I, yeah, I have to remember now. Some uh, something happened. There was a storm or something. I don't know. Maybe barn burned down. Of I, course, I have nothing. That's else. all they had was one barn, and they might even been embellished in because I heard it was a shed. <laughs> their small lean-to in the backyard <laughs> had caught fire. Well, their barbecue grill had burned, but that's pretty much about it. They loaded their 1926 Chevy, and their two kids, Lowell and William, settled into Battlefield, Oklahoma. James started working at the Santa Fe Railroad as a carpenter. Why? Okay. I mean, you know. Yeah, I guess they got to have people to chop down wood. <laughs> so, uh, James and his dad remodeled an old box car in Oil City, purchased the lot, and then moved in. Oh, they lived in a box car. Merle was born there. That's neat. Not boxcar Willie, Merle. I slept in boxcar Willie. 
Chattanooga, Tennessee, the Holiday Inn, right downtown. You I've been to Chattanooga. Yeah. yeah, you see it. And it's, you know, Chattanooga, there's a river there and stuff. And and so the Holiday Inn was, I think, like close to or on or whatever, an old rail yard. Okay. And they had a bunch of um, of, of, of sleeper cars. Sleeper cars, yeah. box cars, train cars. Right. And they had them all remodeled as hotel rooms. Nice. Yeah, so you can get a whole, it was like 80 bucks if you want to stay in the normal whatever. And then another twenty bucks to get the boxcar, which only thing that they had above what the hotel had in the main area was, it was your own ser- like separate little thing. And you say, well, I bought that myself in a boxcar. Yeah, that's a nice one. I, I maybe took a nap one time in, in a train. Did you ever hop a train when you were younger? No, that's really dangerous. Actually, I saw I saw it for the first time in Washington State when I went to visit my parents. They had boxcars, and the doors were open. Really? Yeah, they used to be all the time when I was a kid. Boxcars aren't used as much anymore. They're just a general motor. Ben now grew up next to a train. Yeah, now everything's, you know, like pizza trucks and car carrier trucks and whole, you know, corn and uh, Commodities, yeah, like an easy But the boxcars had the big doors on the side and you drive like a pickup truck or whatever with the doors or whatever. Yep. They don't have them anymore. So I drove a fork truck inside of a boxcar when I worked at a radio. Yeah, I drove a fork truck. A lot of boxcars. So Merle is is born in a boxcar, um, and they eventually expand the boxcar. It's got two bathrooms and two bedrooms, a kitchen, and a breakfast nook. Do they just fucking have boxcar bars? <laughs> I think they built off it, like, and then they just, like, added a room and, like, an old I think people are doing that now these days. They're getting those little, like, modular, you know, yeah. the, the, the boat, the boat thing, the boat cart, the, the shipping Oh, the shipping containers. Yeah, shipping yeah, yeah. Containers. Shipping container houses. I've yep. seen, yeah. Oh, I like that. I do. Cool. So, uh, 1945, Merle's nine years old. James Haggard dies of a brain hemorrhage. Ew. To support the family, Flossie May works as a bookkeeper. Not like Rick James, you know, but like an actual, like a legitimate Like bookkeeper. an accountant. Yeah. And so Merle was often left alone in the care of his great aunt and uncle, who were kind of like, well, you remember the parents in Willy Wonka? They just kind of stayed in their bed all day. Kind of what I don't know my son that well, Willy Wonka. That's well, the Johnny Depp version or the old. No, I do know that Gene, reference. The Gene Wilder, right? Just like the old. So Merle was kind of left out on his own, like un- his own. unsupervised, right? So devastated by the death of his dad, Merle becomes a little bit rebellious. He's and nine. He's he's nine. Yeah. Well, ten. Ten. Nineteen forty-six. He's ten, and he's hopping freight trains. Yeah, which which we've already. It's dangerous. Very dangerous. Yeah. Um, he made it to Fresno before being picked up by the authorities at the cops. That's like 100 miles from where he lives. What? Isn't there a name for the people? There used to be a lot of people that would jump on box, you know, like travel the rail, the hobos. Hobos. Hobos train. What were the names of the, like there was like the force, like the cops of the rail yards? They the would Pinkertons? Say, no, not, no, no, that wasn't the Pinkertons, the rail yard. It's, they were a, they were a rail, security force. The rail marshal or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, so he had 10 years old, he's hopping rails, he's riding up to Fresno. Um, his mother puts him in juvenile detention for a weekend to, quote, change his life. Oh, that's not good. But, mercy. Well, yeah, you don't go to prison for being a good guy. <laughs> well, she put him in there, you know, like, this is what happens when you dick around. You could end up here. And he's like, sure do. Sure do. 1948, Merle's 12 years old. Lowell Haggard, Merle's older brother, gives him a used guitar. So, 
still learn to play all by himself by listening to old records in the house that they had. Um, thank you, Dave. Thank you. The Haggards were, uh, they were a musical family. James played the fiddle in his dad's church. They were the honky-tonks. Um, Flossie was a Church of Christ member. That's how she shut down all <laughs> music oh. and honky-tonk. And no more honky-tonks for James. Nope. nope. You're done. Stop. We were just talking about that earlier. I just like, you know. So this poor lady's got like a couple of sons. Who likes to play the guitar? Cuts that right out. Yeah. Like, like no, nope, work. You're not going to be. You know, put them in. That didn't work. So back then, though, this is before his dad died. This is James, his mom's dad. He didn't have a. He didn't have an automobile. So he said he had a car. That's how they drove there. Well, no, that was Flossie's car, though. I mean, they laid out his car, and then it broke down. You know, it's an old twenty-six, man. I mean, that they car had, was they twenty had a, years they, old. They lived in a box car. Too. They lived in a box car. So. He didn't have a car. Well, Flossie Mae's going to the bookkeeping job, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have a car, but he's still got to go to gigs and parties and stuff like that. You oh, know? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So excited. He's, good. he's got so a soundbite. He's uh, dropping a soundbite. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? How did he get from the gigs, Ben? checks from a 12-year-old, that's on you. <laughs> I he's, mean, he is 12 at this point. Yeah, he's 12 at this point, so uh, yeah, <laughs> you're passing bad checks. He's like wearing like a big coat. Hello, sir. <laughs> I have your order of uh, fish. That'll be $14. I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do with the so, fish, uh, but I'll 
after that, he gets arrested for truancy, and he goes back to juvie. Well, yeah, true. He rape checks the local postman. He escapes juvie. I think that's a good way to do it. You're going to need a steamer. No, nobody ever wants to like dig around in their pants. No, that's true. No. Right? Yeah. Good point. So 1950, Merle's 12 years old. He's arrested for shoplifting. He goes He goes back to juvie. So he just needs a revolving door and juvie for detentions. He does have one. <laughs> does he ever get in trouble for breaking out? Well, that's why they sent him back to juvie. That's well, all he got caught for shoplifting. Well, that's true. You know when he got caught for shoplifting, that clerk came over like, "Yo, you little boy!" and he grabbed his ear and he like let him out by the ear. By the ear, yeah, like a Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah, you just let him out by because that doesn't you can't do that to kids now. You can't take your shoes off. Stranger. Nineteen fifty one, Merle and his friends Bob Teague go to go to Bakersfield to see a guy named Lefty Frizzell. Lefty Frizzell sounds like another. Do you know anybody with the first name Lefty? Either missing a hand or he's got something shifty about him. <laughs> uh, he's a country music singer, songwriter, and honky-tonk singer. We talked about the honky-tonk before. Well, did you know what a honky-tonk is? You know, I feel like I've heard the def- like literal definition of it. I mean, I know what a honky-tonk's like at a bar pretty standard. You can drink beers at it. It's a bar that provides country music for entertainment and a style of music played at such and such location. say it's like oh it used to be this cool they used they cobbled shoes together and you yeah. know they would have to put their shoes together before they went on stage and they had to use each other's shoes that sounds like a frizzell kind of sound like that's more of a frizzell yeah i sometimes get those two words mixed up honky tonk and frizzell so they yeah. go to bakersfield to see lefty frizzell lefty frizzell is like a grand old opry guy he's in the country music hall of fame Classic. you know the, gr- the grand old opry used to be called the old the opry the no <laughs> The, 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 the grand, building. The Grand Opry? I don't know. Dude, it was you wrote the card. I don't remember all of this. The Ryman, o- the, the Ryman Auditorium. The Ryman Auditorium. Yeah. yeah, right. For all of our. Good for you. For all of our, uh, you know, diehard, hardcore listeners. So Lefty had six number one country hits. Um, the most notable one I could think of is If You've Got the Money, I Got the Time. Yep, he also wrote uh, one called Saginaw, Michigan. I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. That's Lefty Frizzell. There you go. Uh, he influenced George Jones, Willie Nelson, Roy Orbison, the Everly Brothers, who, and who, John who? Fogarty. Who? Lefty Frizzell. Roy? Yes, Roy. Roy. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got a key in Roy Orbison here. I know. As a proud member of the Roy Orbison fan club. Yeah, Roy. influenced Roy. Yeah. Looking into Lefty, you can kind of see it, too. Yeah. You know you're a big fan of Roy Orbison when Roy Orbison himself wears a belt buckle. That's pretty good. (laughs) You you took whatever belt buckle you had, and you got a picture of Roy Orbison, because there was, you couldn't just go to the internet and get a picture of Roy Orbison back in, I don't know, like 1880. Oh, no, no, no. No, you had to, you had to go, like, find an old magazine your mom had laying in the corner and cut out a picture of Roy Orbison, put it on the belt buckle, and get some clear tape, (laughs) and tape it on there. And then you were the coolest everybody, kid. Everybody had one. Not everybody had two. <laughs> so that's the guy, 
Bob and Merle got so drunk. How drunk were they? They passed out and missed the first set. <laughs> well, that's because they're entertaining. They came to for the second set, though. Quote, Merle, he was dressed in white. Heroes usually are. Yeah, he was calling himself to be a hero. Oh, he hero idolized Lefty. Lefty was. Oh, he hero idolized Lefty. So, yeah, Lefty. Lefty was the guy who was like, whoa. The, you know, like that first guy, you're like, Lefty I want to do that. I can't wait to do it. Well, there you go. That's the, this is the only positive bit of this song. Poncho and Lefty. And we'll get we'll get there. All right. So age 14, 1951, um, Merle and his friend Bob Teague, who is mentioned a lot but has no further Wikipedia searching, they run away to Texas. They're trying to find Lefty Frizzell's house. And so they go freight trains and hitchhike through the country. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Some of these old, <laughs> right. some of these old people we talk about. I knew you were going to love this. I knew you were going to love this. I mean, they just kind of like, hey, let's go do this. And they're doing little adventures here. Yep. Like, we don't do adventures like that anymore. Do we? we don't. No. Let's 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 take it on the road, buddy. I don't know. Let's just start riding around the boxcar. I would love it. We so. take the. Don't be upset. I got a nice. We'll have to get some warm clothes though. I feel like I'm gonna get chilly in here. We'll get our ice fishing gear. Yeah, that blue suit. I got my blue suit for the ice fishing. If you'd like I'll to see, if you'd like to see Ben and I ice fish, go to YouTube and go to onenightcast.com or dot or dot org. I'm sorry, it was uh, ice fishing. Oh, that's it's not dot org. It was an organization of well, ice fishing. For that one, we were. Check that out. Uh, so they're riding uh, the boxcars. They're hitching or getting to Texas. They purchase a switchblade and a pistol on the ride home. I feel like this is every Disney movie thing I've ever heard. Well, he's selling this to children. <laughs> hey, you guys are 14. Have this pistol and this switchblade. Well, don't worry. The spring's not activated, but all you have to do is move this little button right here. They return from Texas. They're arrested on burglary charges. Good luck. So I think a pistol would do fine for that. That sounds good. The robbery suspect. They robbed the uh, Did they robbery somebody? Well, they spend five days in jail. And At 14? Yeah. And when they're released, the real criminal, uh, well, they were released when the real criminal caught them on the cable. Um, well, while he's in jail, you asked about the breaking out of juvie all those times, depending on Merle is sent back to Juvenile Hall again. Again. We, we had talked about the word of the day. Again. Yeah. So if today, if you're doing the drinking game, the word is going to be again, and that's like an extra bonus. A-G. Two Gs. A-I-N. Again, for both syllables that you didn't get. So, uh, and Bob, Bob needs to know that's what Bob's saying. So it's not two Gs. Is that the first time they had a backstory? Yeah. This was like the second backstory? Oh, they did, they, did, they did hop again. that train when they were um, well, it's funny you bring that up, because Merle's in juvie, right? Merle escapes. Again. Yeah, and moves to Modesto for Bob. To be with Bob. So he does some work as a potato truck driver, weird pitcher. I'm not saying that because I don't want to be a weird pitcher. So No, I don't think I'd want to be a weird pitcher. It's, that's hard work. Short order cook? I love that. Commit, I know you would. And yeah. then he commits a series of small crimes. Small crimes. Yeah. There's no small crimes in Texas, by the way. I think they get them, though. 
Uh, his first gig, Merle and Bob played at a bar named Hornsby. That's the one. Damn. They were paid $5 and given all the beer they could drink. This is probably all the beer you can drink. Well, yeah. Well, they, they were the 14-year-olds getting drunk at a concert, so yeah, probably they probably drink a lot. So it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. You're fantasizing so hard about this this era now, aren't you? Oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, you're like, I wish I was there now. Got a guitar. <laughs> you travel the country <laughs> your buddy drinking and partying. That was, that was in the days where, like, you know, you could split a six-pack and get drunk. Oh, that's true. So yeah. at the end of 1951, Merle returns home to Oildale, uh, Bakersfield, and uh, he's arrested for truancy and petty larceny. Again. <laughs> I mean, this guy's 14, and he's already done more stuff than Justin Bieber times two. Oh, dude. Well, we'll, we'll get there. Beginning in 1952, Merle is sent to Fred C. Nellis School for Boys in Whittier, California. Oh, they named these boys' <laughs> schools all these different things. I know. Wow, you saying. <laughs> 1952, he escapes again and gets picked up again. And the courts deem Merle incorrigible. <laughs> that was a, an official like edict. <laughs> yeah, it's, I literally have it in quotes. Incorrigible. <laughs> I feel like I feel like tapping him on <laughs> each shoulder <laughs> with like a stick. I deem you incorrigible. Get your dumb tap sitting straight. He's sent to the High Security Preston School of Industry. Um, PSI. No, this is the High Security of. High security. It's still got flowery names. Preston. Preston School of Industry. Preston. After 15 months, he is released. Can't say that name because you're not going to think about release. That's correct. Yeah. After release, Merle and a friend he met at PSI tried robbing a store, and they botched it. And it ended up in a severe beating of a Down syndrome child. Ew. Changed from a little boy who wanted to be just like his dad. And then another quote It was the sickest, most degrading thing I ever did. And it's only to become like those goddamn people I hated so bad, I felt like I was the worst offender. He had a conscience. He did. And that's the thing is you can see a redeeming quality in him at a young age. And so, no, there's no. No, but feeling bad and guilty is better than the other people who with him who didn't. Yeah, maybe. You we know. don't know about that guy. We weren't as good of eyes as I am. We'll come back to that. So Merle is sent back to the Preston School of Industry. Mm-hmm. Each time he gets out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Merle and Bob go to see Lefty Frizzell. Again, embarrassing. So pretty much <laughs> we're, we're... So he's just... at this point because um well that's brian's halfway to the show today it's about the halfway point and so yeah we gotta reload and restart yeah and i got i got one more song
officer, and I claimed it was Chewbacca and Ben disagreed. No, I don't disagree it's great. I just disagree that he's an officer. I I feel like first mate and first officer are the same thing. But I don't know. You want the legal academy description one, of an hold officer? Hold on, a little backstory. Brian uh, and I had a discussion. Um, I don't remember. Did he hear bumper music? Nobody hears the bumper music. It was no. in his phone. Okay, so the uh, first officer was, you're talking about in the Star Trek u- universe. You just said who's the best first officer. In, well, it was it was assumed we were talking about Star Trek. <laughs> and we could only just pick one. Chakotay. And then we decided we couldn't figure out if it was Spock wasn't the first officer. And you said he was a science officer. He's a science officer. I feel like he was the number two. He was the first officer as well as a science officer. I who was a science officer on, on, on the next generation? We didn't have one. Data. He was Commander Data. But he wasn't the first officer. No, he wasn't the first officer. He wasn't the science officer. He wasn't Command Gold like the other one. He wasn't, no, 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 no. But he always wore gold, but he was Commander Data. Red is en- engineering and security. No, Riker no. and Picard wore red all the time. All the time. Oh, they did, didn't all they? All the time. And the huh. first time Wesley Crusher got promoted from Ensign, he got a field promotion. Red. To He went to red. And it's uh, red. Jordy wore gold too, didn't he? Jordy wore a lot of gold. So and he was, was an officer. He was an officer. He was it there. But then there was uh, not as high ranking as Data. Who was one of the commissioners back then? The uh, guy that ran the training command, O'Brien. Mister O'Brien. Yeah, he was. He wore gold too. So I don't think I did. He wore red. He switched. He no, did switch though, because no, he I went. Don't, he I don't did. think he ever wore red. He mm. and uh, he and Worf switched because they went to Deep Space Nine and got different jobs, and so they switched to different colors. And I remember them being like, "This is oh, was weird. Worf on Deep Space Nine." Yeah, he was part of Michael Dorn went there. Michael Dorn was in Deep Space. No, because they uh, it wasn't Deep Space Nine. It was Deep Space Nine, and then that little tiny ship that that, that was kind of cool looking. Yeah, it was a very cool battleship. And I don't remember uh, the design of it. I can't yeah. remember. But Mike, but, but Worf was on there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to that one. They had to have crossovers. Well, they had uh, the Enterprise went to Deep Space Nine. I think before they knew they're doing a Deep Space Nine. I feel like I'm missing something right now. Fine, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that type of talk. Okay, it's a good bridge for all the Merle Haggard fans out there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All you Merle Haggard Star Trek fans. Uh, <laughs> we like to cover a lot. We're well-rounded individuals. I know about the basics. No, um, <coughs> Merle Haggard. Oh, well, we're, it's going to be a minute now. The good thing about this is that we know nobody's coming in from, like, a break. They were listening to this on the radio, and they're like, oh, good, listen, it's a Star Trek episode. <laughs> somebody in Star Trek plays music but, and but kills somebody? there are somebody? plenty of people talking about it, like, I saw these wackos go listening to that Merle Haggard, right? <laughs> what the hell? What happened? If you'd like to weigh on weigh in on the fact of first officer oh. in the Star Trek universe, that's great. But I'll agree with Brian that Chewbacca over Riker. <laughs> Nobody ever does that though. <laughs> I'll just insert the sound from Lucasfilm. All right, so uh, button for that? That was weird. No, I do have a button for this though. Doing that, uh, he made the. All right, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. You 
works in the oil fields during the day, and at night he plays for clubs and honky-tonk hillbillies. Well, that, that's that's how it works. He got a spot on a local TV show called The Chuck Wagon. The Chuck? I would hope that wasn't his old name, Chuck Wagon, but <laughs> it was The Chuck Wagon. In 1956, uh, Merle, 19, marries Leona Hobbs. Oh, 16. Yeah, man, he's young doing all this. Yeah. This is a grown man at the age of 19. (laughs) He's accomplished and done more than I've done at 43. (laughs) Oh, no, you got married. You're married. I guess. That's true. All right, so uh, Merle marries Leona. They move into the (laughs) boxcar with Merle's brother and his wife. This is the boxcar just got rolling. Merle's youngest daughter, Kelly, wrote, quote, God must have wanted to punish both of them for some terrible event, so he gave them to each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I love that story. <laughs> they have four children. Uh, Merle was not ready for the confines of marriage. At 19, not a lot of us are. In 1956, Merle goes to jail for stealing a car. No, I thought he gave up all that stuff. He Ooh. stole nine years of it. I know. He does nine months. And Leona has no means of support. How much support does she need? She's working in a boxcar. It's not like I want to be at the boxcar payment. Like to work, ladies, if you want to date a musician. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Uh, you get your bookkeeper job, I guess. <laughs> so Leona, uh, got no, he's, well, he's, Leona's got no means of support. He's in jail. He misses the birth of their first child, Dana, during that search. Oh, that was he was in jail for the birth of the first kid? Yep. Over the birth of our first kid. <laughs> so, uh, Merle robs a gas station after he gets out that he used to work at. <laughs> Merle, I know that's you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not me. He's headed out to the oil fields in New Mexico because um, he thought there would be jobs out there. And they're like, oh, it's booming. No jobs. And they head home. <laughs> that's about backwards. <laughs> well, that's uh, backwards. It still is. 1957, Christmas time. 20-year-old Merle and friends are out of work. They've been drinking. Again. Again. <laughs> they decide to rob this roadhouse. Right? Like, they're, they're going to take on Swayze and the cooler, and they're going to they're gonna do it, man. They're going to go for it. Good idea, right? Long day of serving people. Lots of money in the register. So that was the plan. Yeah. So it's a better plan than robbing bakeries and barbershops. Right. Late. Dark out. restaurant had people in it <laughs> so they kick in the back door like they were sneaking in cat burglars but uh restaurant was open well you know, they didn't people were they working. didn't walk around the front first <laughs> they, they've been day drinking then oh all day <laughs> all right uh all right here to play guys i swear to god it's so uh the we're gonna hold on <laughs> i wish i had that wait 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 hold wait, on wait, wait. Hey, no seriously yes. good plan Down the door. Kick in the door. And I'm going to take the money. And I'm going to go get the rubber. Don't worry, Joe. It's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll have the boxcar meet us. Not at the boxcar. Out of the house. Wait, you want to start? Yeah, I do. Right fucking now. It's dark. It's got to be like I, if you don't 3, start 4 now, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm 
God dang it. So the owner confronts him, and uh, Merle took off running. Because <laughs> if, if there's one thing really drunk people are good at, <laughs> it's the calisthenics. <laughs> he leaves Leona and their infant son out back in the car. Oh, they brought the baby? <laughs> Jerry, 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 Jerry. <laughs> so uh, Merle was promptly caught. Again. <laughs> they brought the baby. Merle wasn't present to see the birth of because he was in jail. Again. <laughs> what a quality time for those kids. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that baby. Oh, so, uh. Early the next morning, uh, Merle walks out of the Bakerfield jail. Again. Unnoticed. Oh, he just... <laughs> Somebody left the door open. Yeah, and he left. I do believe you have a cop car story like that with you in the back <laughs> of a cop car and they left the door open. Did you not just leave? No, we, I just left. They, they <laughs> well, oh so God. we were at that... We were at Central. Yeah, we were <laughs> at Central at this party. This house was known to have like be a party house. So... Oh. Washington Street, Central we just, Kids and Mount We Pleasant. just roll in. We got some beers. They got beers in yeah, their pockets. Yeah, who are we? We're just... I think I had that big brown... Oh, Carhartt big coat Carhartt with coat. the big pockets. It came down almost to, like, my knees. Yeah, the parka. Yeah. I don't know who it was. Maybe somebody in the shop. I, I had it. Pockets go down with beer. We were all... We were underage. Yeah. Yeah. We probably done that anymore, so don't, don't go worry about that. Yeah, I turned 21 at Central, so if you guys were visiting us, then <laughs> so very yeah, much so underage. Well, so we're within the party, months. and this this fight goes on, and I think, I think the principal who were having the party, they don't talk to Merle. Call the cops. Well, we're gonna get in trouble. It's like no, there's a fight. You need to get broken up. And it kept going, you know, like two different groups of people kept going at it, trying to get them broken up. So the cops show up, and I'm kind of like in the in the entrance of the house. And I'm like, hey, the people that called the cops are here. They're right here. And this, I've done this once before. Uh, Nicole, thanks for reminding me. I love that you're on you know, you know, It saves Nicole. a lot of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was doing the hands And their sister. Yeah. That's, yeah. Those, those two will topple over if they just stand so, up. No. Okay. But, yeah. So, cop head. So, the first cop, like, goes in. The second cop kind of grabs me. And there's people everywhere. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he hands me a dick. And the next cop, next thing you know, He's like, I need to talk to you. Puts me in the back of the cop car. There's no padding down. I got beers in my pockets <laughs> everywhere. You guys all fled. Everybody fled. It's like cockroaches. You know, the light comes on, they all run. I love that. Those are <laughs> Yeah, and it's winter. <laughs> it's winter time. Oh, yeah. There's, it's like no, no, no. snow on the ground. Yeah, I remember. And so everybody runs. I'm in the back of the cop car, and the guy shuts the door. I look over, ne- like, across, you know, in the back of the cop car. It's really just fine. There's, yeah. there's no leg room. There's a dividing wall. But there's two doors. Yeah. And I look over at the other door. It's open just <laughs> a little bit. So I'm just sitting there. And, I, and there's cops outside, not too far away from the car. And there's a bunch of cops in the house. There's probably three cop cars there. And I just reach over with my right leg because he put me in the driver's side seat. So I just reach over with my right leg and, like, push the door open a little bit. Like, okay, still going strong. Yeah. And so I just kind of, like, sneak my way over to the other door. And I'm looking. I'm thinking, okay, there's two or three cops in the house. There's a cop there. And the coolest part about this was, I just walked away. You don't run when you're you on the run, run. When you're on the run, this is before all the born identity movies. Don't run. Don't run. So, so I got back to the your apartment. 
you know, you jerks, I don't know who's got a Taco Bell or something. And so <laughs> I can't get into the apartments on the second floor. And it's locked because you had to get buzzed in, I think, or at least your door was locked, our door was locked. And I'm cold. I had to walk all the way back. You guys had a car. Yep. And so I had to walk all the way back. And I'm like, oh, yep. So I started climbing that tree. <laughs> yep. And you could access our apartment through the underwear tree because it was called that because people would throw their underwear in the tree. Well, then you guys come pulling up. I think you had Taco Bell. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think Taco Bell was involved somewhere. And they're like, hey, uh, what are you doing there, Ben? I'm like, nothing, dude. Nothing wrong with beer. <laughs> uh, so there's my escape from the law. So, yeah, uh, potentially what we learn here is that you, like Merle, if no one's really watching you, just leave. Well, I was going to get in <laughs> trouble. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do anything wrong other than underage drinking. I didn't feel like that was a crime. So, basically, uh, same story. Merle walks out of the Bakersfield jail, and you know this, with a wife. And uh, he wanted to make peace with his family. <laughs> Was he dying? Well, the local police had enough of Merle and issued a shoot-on-sight order. What? Yes, sir. Huh. And uh, Merle was rearrested. Okay. And we do it one more time. He spent two months in a minimum security prison while California was uh, what to do with him. This does not sound like a guy that ever needs to be in a minimum security prison. <laughs> like everything he's ever been in is minimum security. Uh, well, here's the thing. February 21st, 1958, Merle, 20 years old, is transferred to San Quentin Prison, just north of San Francisco. Not as, not, not nearly as minimum security as possibly can be a hotel that you walk in and out of. It's the state's only death row, and it's California, it's... California State Prison for Men. It's registered in California, and Merle was given six months to 15 years. That's quite the rehab. <laughs> that would stress me out, man. Like, what am I in for? And like, uh, I guess if I'm Merle, I'm just going to stay in there for six months, and if they don't let my ass out, apparently it's 15. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm leaving, man. Well, in prison, Merle was fired from a series of prison jobs. That's got to be bad. Just, I mean, how an bad, inmate. How right? bad do you have to be to shoot on sight? Well, or furniture. I mean, you could be terrible at upholstery. Or making liquor sales. There's a lot of bad things. I heard yeah. they don't make liquor sales in prison. They don't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, Merle wasn't good at any of those things. And an inmate friend, friend being him, by the way, I don't <laughs> think he's an inmate, uh, James Rabbit Kendrick. We have a lot of rabbits on the show. Yeah. Didn't uh, Eminem have a rabbit friend or whatever? Eminem was named Rabbit in 8 Mile, but... Uh, Didn't he have a friend? No, he was rabbit. He was rabbit. He was rabbit. Okay. But uh, Little Wayne had a guy named Rabbit, I think, also. So they expect that. I, I, yeah, his, yeah, the good guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought for a minute when you were talking about that, I was listening to a podcast that is named Little Wayne. Like it's named right. Little Wayne because it's Little Wayne. And then, um, what's his name? Rabbit? 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 I don't know what that guy's name is. I don't know, but every time Rabbit, Rabbit's a good guy. So if you got a nickname of Rabbit, you're probably a good dude. All right. You might be in a bad situation, but you as a dude, probably a good dude. All right. So uh, James Rabbit Kendrick, um, him and Merle, begin planning a jailbreak. That would be a thing. Well, yeah, right? You know? A um, couple other inmates, though, talk Merle out. They're like, dude, don't think too You're much. not supposed to do that. You're only supposed to be here for maybe six months. Right. So, well, <laughs> there it is. About 1960 that's what it was about 1960 about two years in 
when the girl hears that his wife is pregnant. Well, he has, he's got to get home for the birth <laughs> of his second child. Boom. Two years later. Well, I mean, if he's two years in jail, and he's like, okay, so you gave him a nod. He gets it, people. Do you get it? I get okay, it. You get it. Yeah. So Merle goes off the rails, starts a gambling ring in prison, starts a brewery. Well, he got busted for being drunk in his cell, and he gets a week of solitary. Which is dumb. You're not allowed to do that. Well, I wonder, you say brewery. He started he started fermenting things. And selling them. Yeah. In a cycle. Like repeated business. Like yeah. Like Merle's the guy you talk to to get but the a heat. But bru- a brewery, I feel like, was what made him a brewer. He wasn't like, eh, prison, he was getting prison, prison orange juice and <laughs> sugar. <laughs> right. And making some um, rye. Probably. Yeah. So, okay. In solitary. Hey, and you know how, like, you got to drink all the stuff to get out of the prison wine? Uh-huh. You're supposed to swallow it? Slowly. Yeah. Dark <laughs> he was in prison. Oh, that's good news. Why? Just for his last night. Is he dead? No, well, no, his wife's dead. <laughs> but but he, no, John Kleinsman, I can guarantee you, does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> But he, he showed Matt and I how to make uh, prison, wine? prison wine. Five pounds of sugar, five gallons of water, five packages of yeast, and five apples. Where, uh, where am I getting all this in prison? Yeast? No, yeah, 12 packets of yeast, five gallons, a thing to mix 10 gallons in. Well, you could actually reuse the yeast after you make it the first time. And then sometimes you just, like, open cut. You just take all your orange juice what and let it ferment naturally. What vessel do I have that I can hide from the guards? It's a five-gallon toilet? Well, yeah. You plug up the stop, empty it out, let the air through it. It's good. This is very important part of the whole entire process. Let's see what the stir. We might have to put that on the It the looks like your arm, you're just like an arm is broken again. You're like, you're holding your arm out, and you're just opening the cuts. It's been just the five days. We'll get an animated gift. We did it. Matt and I made it in high school. You made prison year. wine. We made prison wine. And then. Can you see me? Is that a John blind. Cena reference? I didn't know if you went blind. No. Um, you don't get go blind. You go, you go blind from drinking too often after you make a mistake. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. not yeah. just you know, not just fermenting and drinking the water. But Jennifer, don't say that part. Stop saying that part. Why? Because you can't. You These people it. are going to be fine with it. They're not though. Her last name's not even the same anymore. Well, until I see it written in Lee's name. Oh, all right. Well, she got drunk and said it. Oh. Merle got solitary for making prison wine. What is it? Beer. Is Whatever. It? Fermented sugar. So Merle's in solitary, and he meets, I don't know how you meet people in solitary, but he meets a guy named uh, Carol Chesney. Chesney. And he's an author and a death row inmate. So meanwhile, remember Reddit? Yeah. He successfully escaped. Oh, he left Merle behind? He left him, dude. Oh, my gosh. That's and against prison code, as I know it. Yeah. Well, then he shot and killed a cop. Who? Merle? Rabbit. Oh. I thought we decided Rabbit was a good guy. Well, he's back in prison with Merle, and he's set to be executed. But you gotta think of his nickname being Rabbit. <laughs> you yeah. can't be a I guess guy. Rabbit's you can't not be a, a bad guy and have the name Rabbit. You just gotta be that guy. So, Chessman and Rabbit, they got to Merle, and they inspired him to change his life. There's a quote from Rabbit. He said, quote, I don't know how to do a Rabbit. I, you were right before I started this. No, I... <coughs> let's pretend he's hold on let's pick a nationality for rabbit oh god can we just pick a famous person and i'll pretend to be them let's not all right christopher walken 
You have got talent. You can be somebody someday. Okay. Okay. No. 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 I, no, I, I got a grip on the law. I love a good good lawyer. You got you got talent. You got talent. You can be somebody someday. What I know is I got the fever for more cowbell. But anyway, so Rabbit's like, you, dude, don't bring us in. I forgot my cowbell. Uh, I was going to have sound props. Yay, I'm the cowbell not being here. Oh, you don't, you don't have any? I'll go get the fucking cowbell. I want one of those machines. No, no, you just hit buttons. That's dumb. I did, I did. Okay. Anyway. I did sleep in my prop. Pretzels? No, that's not a prop. That's a snack. It's a salty, healthy snack. You want to learn about Merlin Prison or no? I'm learning about Merlin Prison. Oh. Okay. So, Merle, you're going for a prop. I'm going I, for a prop. I can see you. No. <laughs> just, just, just get it over with. No, Let's he's in there. <sighs> All right, so while he's in there, Merle gets his high school equivalency diploma. He keeps a steady job in the prison textile plant. <laughs> I cannot focus. And reading cards. He joins the prison country band. Oh, what, what, what does uh, what do you play? What <laughs> do, do, what do, what do you play? What <laughs> well, uh, in the prison country band, they play country music. Ben, no, what? What kind of instrument do you play, Brian? He plays the guitar. Ben. Huh. I play Brian? What instrument do you play, Ben? <laughs> nice. This is a terrible thing. Yes, it is. That's why it was disconnected. That's how you play it. You hit the ball. I hit the ball? Yeah. So, if you ever heard this song, Nezoid, that is a noise that's made by a Vancouver Nezoid band. Have you played it? Uh, I think you guys would enjoy it. Calabaro or something? Cala Capybara. It's a small rodent. Yeah, or the large rodent. call it a jawbone because what they would do is they would use goat jawbones and the teeth wouldn't all the way fall out and so the teeth would rattle and the bone after all the soft tissue would dissolve away and so you it hit is a jawbone. Jaw yeah technically it's a jawbone yeah technically so you hit this? just hit that yeah you just hit that ring there you go that's the sound i, I, I don't like this i don't like this yeah it's a little more aggressive oh i don't want to talk about this can we get your whole entire drum set out of there no this is a podcast studio it's not for that you can bring your guitar you can play a song really yeah I don't know if she can play the stars anymore. <laughs> I play a little guitar. It's called the ukulele. <laughs> hey! <coughs> See, I could have had the drum set. And done oh. So, um, Merle was in the audience when Johnny Cash performed at San Quentin. He on, was. On New Year's Day, 1959. Yep. And um, they met Johnny. Hey, Johnny, I saw you on New Year's Day, 1959. Johnny would be like, wait, what? <laughs> I was in, uh, yeah, 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 I was in jail, too. Um, at his second parole hearing, Merle was given a, a five-year sentence, and he did two years and nine months in jail, and then two years and then three months on parole. And so he left prison 90 days later. They let him out. He didn't escape. They <laughs> I can't 
me again. Yeah, right. No, that's uh, upon his release, Merle went to digging ditches for his brother's electrical contracting company, and then he started performing again. And then later, he began recording with Cali Records. I have never heard of that. Uh, it's a company out there in Georgia. It's like there's a thing called the Bakersfield Sound. I don't know if you've you, you're familiar with that area, but I didn't know him. I was a big country music guy, and I love music now. Um, they developed a thing called Bakersfield for the Bakersfield Sound. Its response to the whole Nashville sound was kind of like East Coast West Coast sort of thing, you know what I mean? Okay, like East Coast rap, West Coast rap was a style of sorts. So Merle Haggard was like the Biggie of his day. Well, not yet. No, he was Tupac. only Tupac. West Coast. Oh yeah, yeah West Biggie. Coast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. So Merle's playing bass in Las Vegas for uh, Jim Stewart for six months. Uh, Stewart gave Merle the song "Sing a Sad Song." Yeah. Yeah. You songs for me i'm not good with names and like remembering things right that's why i sing but i can hear (laughs) if you hear the song you know the song i mean i know a lot of merle haggard songs yeah it became a national hit reaching number 19 on the country charts um and sam hill his second single wasn't that successful yeah name some of do you have a list of his big hits we're getting there all right yeah yeah here's his songs his duet with bonnie owens uh just between the two of us broke into the top 40 Another one called Strangers or My Friends Are Gonna Be Strangers broke into the top ten. Then what do we got? Swinging Doors. That was a smash hit. That went to number five in spring of 1966. Uh, Two Little Rose made it to number three in 1967. Yeah, a lot of these were old, sad hits. Yes. Do you see this, though? This is the beginning of a streak of 37 top ten hits, including 23 number one singles. Really? Yep. He was that popular. Now we get into things like Hungry Eyes and yeah. Working Man Blues by Okie from Muskogee. Which everybody knows that. And then the sequel, The Fight Inside of Me. I, I feel like I've heard that before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, named Top Male Vocalist by the American Country Music, the Academy of Country Music in 1970, the Country Music Association in the following year. 1972, California State Governor Ronnie Reagan grants Merle a full and unconditional pardon of all his past crimes. Oh, no shit. Merle plays for Nixon at the White House. Wow. Then in 1980, Merle and Clint Eastwood tried a number one duet ballad called Barroom Bumps. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that. (laughs) I've never heard that. In 1980. So uh, it was featured in Clint's film Bronco Bull. I remember that one. It became Merle's 25th number one hit. Really? Yes, sir. CMA honors Merle and Willie Nelson as Duo of the Year. Now, he was in the Highway Man, right? Uh, I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah, so him and Willie and Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash and Mick Mignola, was that their name? Yes, there was. Who was it? I think it was Chris Christopherson. Johnny Cash, right? Yep. Willie Nelson. I was going to say, I think it's Willie, but I don't want to get them and... uh, Did I say Willie Nelson on that? No, you didn't. All right, yeah, Willie Nelson. Yeah, he was the Highway Man. Who are the other ones? That's where they sung Contour and Lefty. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, there's another group with them, like Orbison and those dudes. Who, what was that group called? The Traveling Wilburys. Traveling Wilburys. That's, that's right. That's I mean, right. Ju- ne- nearly. Same I circle. Same 
say Mount Rushmore. That's true. I mean, I'm not. I, who's next? Are the Highwaymen or the at the top? The Wilburys. Oh yeah, they'd be good. Yeah, that's what a younger one. But somebody older one just might go the Highwaymen. Yeah, I don't know about that. Roy Orbison. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, Jeff Lynne. Yeah. Jeff Lynne. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Okay. Tom Petty. Jeff Lynne's coming around. Yeah, I want to go. I missed the Wilburys show. Yeah. So yeah, I missed. Should get show. tickets. Yeah. I, I want to get tickets. I hope so. I'll go to that. It's they're like hundred bucks. Okay. You can do crime and music from uh, something out there. I think he was smoking out of jail at Smoky Hill Jack. <laughs> Remember that before? Uh, I got a couple more songs. 1984, That's the Way Love Goes, wins Marla Grammy. And uh, 1994, Marla's inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. 2006, Marla gets the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and also gets pardoned again by Schwarzenegger. What? How? What do you do? He's already pardoned once. Do you think Arnold was just like riding around? says country trespassing and no guns. And also gets pardoned by Schwarzenegger and country's trespassing and no guns. Bingo. All right. Chapel Bingo. Uh, 2007, he's elected into the National Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh, God, that is annoying. The fact that it's <laughs> it's totally stupid. I don't expect to have to remember this stuff like a month and a half later. So well, <laughs> we had a scheduling conflict. That's why you write better cards. That's true. Uh, 2010, he received the Kennedy Center Honors. Goes out to my cousin. She's the events coordinator at the Kennedy Center, so we get. Yeah. April 6, 2016. Can you do a live podcast there? No. <laughs> the Kennedy Center, dude. No, we're not getting that there. Uh, pay attention, though. This is sad. April 6, 2016, Merle dies at 79. Complications from pneumonia. He only had one and three-quarter lung. He has cancer to this day. Well, why is that sad? He's dead. Well, everybody's going to die. He did have a hell of a life. Uh, you know what? And go ahead. I, I, I want to say we skipped over a lot of stuff. We we focused a lot on the crime part because there was a lot of like crime parts. That's, what, that's a lot of his life. Yeah. Um, Merle got married five times. Not five. He got married to Leona Hobbs, Bonnie Owens. She's a singer who helped shape his career. Leona Williams. Hold on. What was the first one? Leona Hobbs. He, he got, got married two, to two different Leonas. Two Leonas. He's got a type. Long and straight. Uh, Leona Williams, uh, Debbie Perrette, and then Teresa Ann Lamb. Teresa Ann Lamb? Ann, like Aunt. Oh, okay. Merle had six kids. He oh. Had, he had four kids with Leona and Hobbs oh. and two kids with Teresa Ann. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking. I'll tell you what, man. That's no, that's not a whole lot of stuff. I'm going to finish this up with a quote from the man himself, Merle Haggard. Quote, an ordinary man. Tough stuff. <laughs> Tough stuff. Merle you know, Haggard, my man. What do you think? I like Merle Haggard. I, I would like to talk more. I mean, th this was not our podcast, but I would like to know more about his musical whatnots. He had a ton of stuff. I read you a bajillion number one hits and I know, records but and like Grammys. Do you want the specifics? No, we, we, you could do a two-hour podcast about his musical his achievements. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, that's the best. You know, we always say, the Wild West. Well, no, it was the Wild West. Yeah. Like, no, nah, not good. I'm going to walk out. Yeah. Yeah. Up and leave. Well, you did it. <laughs> well, I wasn't in jail. I wasn't in 
right? You were being detained by the police, and I, you left. Oh, I wasn't in trouble. I think they just were like, you guys are weird. No, Stopping it kids. wasn't like I was acting out. Yeah. I bet you the dude that was in the car didn't even remember how many kids were in the car. Yeah. Oh, we're missing one. Oh. <laughs> there was no APD. 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 But I was like, that's that's pretty funny. No, I like Merle Haggard. I like Merle Haggard. The Hag was, uh, a, and man, just the balls on that kid to be hopping trains to Texas. Fourteen at, at one point. Ten. Like, yeah, just up and around. Couldn't like, play his first set because he was too drunk. Was too at too nine or whatever. Well, no, he was at a concert then. You're just seeing off people, Val, oh. that they didn't take the first set because he was too drunk. No, yes. Oh, yeah. So he was just wasted at that point, I think. Oh, for sure. I've missed a set or two. Yeah. Oh, Mole Hard. starting to like listen to rush and he was sick so he grabs somebody's popcorn like you know the popcorn that's in the box yeah and hurls it <laughs> now i don't want to tell you about a popcorn box because one of my sisters had it but they're not they don't seal up like that they're not waterproof they're not that's not it they're not moistury based and so concert? I was at a Rush concert. One of the uh, one of the next ones. We don't do a lot of Rush concerts. Yep. You find s- your card. I see what happened. Yes, we What'd missed. What did you do? We missed card number twenty-two or oh. twenty-three. All right, you got an answer? Yeah. All right, let's let's here. Here's what we'll do. Let's read it. Not like we missed it, and then just insert it into it. See how many guys answer. Oh, this is gonna be tricky. If not, you guys will hear all of this. So no problem. You all can right. do this. All right. Card number twenty-two. I have fifty some cards. So this is a card that's like in the middle of the freaking deck. Twenty-four. Yeah, and I missed it because it was number twenty-four. So number twenty-five has the Blake card on it, and I think that's why it was. Hey, missed. Delta Bird was a big card for you. That was good to know. Delta, Delta Bird. Gibson Swing. Kirk Gibson. Yep. Uh, here's the thing. Remember? Oh, wait, wait. Oh wait, no, you don't. Do you remember when? And Blake Griffin. Well, are you sure? Do you remember when they went to go see Lefty Frizzell that first time? Yeah. And they got too drunk. Yeah. Went, all right. Well, they made it backstage. Him and several friends. Me and my buddies made it backstage. And Merle sang a couple songs for everybody. And so that's the thing. Lefty was so impressed, he refused to go back on stage. And so they let Merle sing a few songs first while like Lefty really? and Matt Cummings. Oh, oh, that was important. It was a super important card. And it got stuck during the Especially stupid break. Anybody that wanted to ask a question, Lefty's like, I'll go get his big break. 
Lucky for him. I like Merle Haggard. I might have to listen to him at some point. He wasn't in that whole entire group of country singers I'm talking about. I don't think he was uh, my biggest favorite. He was sad. That's why. Yeah. He was the depressing guy. Because he had all that prison time and all those like was, those things. Was, was he the one that sang, I, he stopped loving her today? He stopped loving her today. Sure. I mean, dude, he has like 45 number one hits. I'm sure one of those was... Yeah, it's always it's always very sad stuff with him. I will tell you that much. Oh, his most famous one was "Fucking Mama Tried." Yeah, Mama yeah. Tried. That was a Mama Tried to raise me better, but yeah. did something turned to that's turned twenty. I turned twenty one in prison, being locked up. Yeah. He he had street cred. I mean, we talk about our, our, our tried, different musicians that want to go to jail. Cred. He's broken out hey. of more prisons than half the people been in. So, well, that was fun. Merle Haggard. I like Merle Haggard. I, it wraps it up nicely. Merle's a, a good success story at the end. So he he messes up his childhood a little bit, just because you know his dad died young. So the yeah, so the better career. Right, but pulled it around at the end there. Made it made it good. Made it good for his son. Made Everybody knows end. Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard. Hang. Yeah, po- it's fucking over. Poet of the Hagman Laureate. I didn't know that. Poet, of the, poet laureate of the Hag. Head, cut to tape. Well, uh, let me tell you, uh, we got another speak pipe that came in that wraps up Merle Haggard, but there is, you know, it's not What do you mean a speak pipe? You know what a speak pipe is. I don't know about this speak pipe, Brian. I'd like to ask all concerned. I'm going to play the speak pipe we got. Please leave your own speak pipe at countermusic.com. Or I'll be forced to do a reading. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yo, Brian, I'm on my way to your house and to do you. another episode, and I don't know if I just got done listening to the Justin Bieber one, and it was it was pretty good. I didn't think it was our best. I think the next one's our best. I'm not going to ruin a star flight. It's a secret still. But I just want to give you a heads up real quick. I'm going to eat snacks on the show from now on. Um, I know you don't like the noise, and all my snacks have to be crunchy because I like crunchy snacks with salt on them. And thing now man i'm gonna do it and so i stopped the store and i got some seven ups and some crunchy snacks and uh just want to get a little bit of something out here on the speed pipe real quick and i figured this was a good time to inform you about that all right bye well well that's all true that's not fake everybody (laughs) i like salty snacks i remember i remember this too that was our feedback section leave your own feedback um let us know crimemusic.com social media facebook instagram twitter uh there's even things on youtube we actually have a youtube thing where you can watch just a still picture and the audio will will bounce up and down on the youtube and you can leave it on youtube that happens yeah so you can listen to this on youtube crime the music on youtube all right on my youtube though i can't do that but i, I gotta i gotta watch the stream i can't like you know hit the follow button yeah if you have YouTube Red, you can actually just use it as audio. A lot of the kids are using YouTube as audio, but Why you gotta pay for it. Why can't we just have that? Oh, yeah. You gotta pay for it. So, but we're on Stitcher, Spotify, LinkedIn, TuneIn. LinkedIn? I don't even know. LinkedIn, yeah, whatever. 
Not yet. Big time. We're big time on LinkedIn, guys. Uh, Tune in. There's a thing. My no, not MySpace. It's on there. No, I looked. It's not. Well, it's being created. If you want to Google us and find us, hit us at the socials. Let us know. I like this kick mic. It's fun. I would love to hear somebody else. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.